It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are. Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now, that's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we open up, it's Wednesday. Feels like, kind of feels like a Thursday, but it's Wednesday. Here as we continue on Raider Nation Radio, the proud flagship of the Silver and Black. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat. They own 64 or 5 taverns now. New one coming up right here in my neighborhood, not too far away from me. We appreciate PTs, everything they do, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. More and more people come up to me with the meetup Vegas, my bucket of Modellos. They love PTs because they know they fuels the monologue as we get going today. A last day of the week for me in regards to doing a double shift. I know Q does that. He does a great job on ESPN Radio. He gets a chance to do shifts, and I just did a three-hour Mad Dog Sirius XM 82 show. So I'm all worked up. I'm all warmed up. You know, a lot of radio hosts need a three-hour fake meeting. They have these new things in radio that happened about 10 years ago. We're going to have a three-hour meeting before the show because the writers, the writers and the interns got to come up with topics instead of the host who are supposed to watch all this stuff and then not need interns to write radio shows. So I am warmed up today, ready to go, and it's my last double of the week. And I can't wait for the weekend to get here already. So I hope everyone's having a great day. Josh Jacobs still, we're going into the safeties. We started that a little bit yesterday, but I was bogged down with Josh Jacobs, and we could be bogged down on this topic again today. So by the end of the show, I'd like to get to our four starting safeties and our four reserves. So like you've been playing along all summer, and thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I know this is working because the people who are listening in the building, outside the building, the Gold Jackets, some other players text me every day on this topic. Dead serious. I've never lied to you. Every day I'm getting texts from guys who want to play along. Either I've reached out to them recently or they just want to know what I'm going to next, and it's at the safety position. You know, George Atkinson, Jack Tatum, all the other greats who played there. And again, I've been struggling. Where do you put Rod Woodson, Ronnie Lott? They were Raiders. They were known for being better players. Ronnie with the San Francisco 49ers and Rod with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Rod won a Super Bowl against us. I'm a season ticket holder, the Raiders. Remember that Baltimore loss in the AFC Championship game and Rod Woodson in the Super Bowl. So Rod's had a hell of a career, one of my favorite all-time players. But I want to begin with Josh Jacobs again because I was always prepping this morning early on NFL Channel and ESPN and watching everybody else. People are still talking about the depressed running back market and where do we stand on this. And a lot of people feel for these running backs. Many people in mainstream society don't. You know, the plumbers, the servers, the individuals, the valets, the people who have jobs, need two jobs a day. They don't shed a tear for someone who has to accept $10 million. 
That's a big part. We're in sports radio. We're in a bubble. Okay, we just have sports fans who all have strong opinions on sports. The average person doesn't to the level of the sports radio listener. They're up in the morning. They work for the railroad. They work at an airport. How would you like to work at an airport and have to get there two hours or an hour early with traffic, getting through security, getting to a gate to get to a store where you're serving coffee? Think of that for a second. You know, right here at McCarran Airport, I travel a lot. You see the people behind the scenes working in the, in the area. They're selling everything from water. They're selling coffee, whatever they are. They're serving you breakfast or lunch. They got to get there an hour early. They got to get through security. Uh, they got to go through there. They got to leave their home an hour, an hour and a half early to make a little bit more than minimum wage. They don't care about a franchise tag. They don't care about James Harden and Kyrie Irving getting supermax deals when they don't deserve it. They don't care about a quarterback contract going up and a running back contract going down. But in sports, we do. And it's a real passionate topic. So for the a lot of Raider fans are pro-Josh Jacobs for the right reasons. He's 25 years old. He played last year at a very high level, really high level. And you would think that would be worthy enough for a bonus, a contract extension. And he didn't get it. And reportedly, they were really close. So from everybody who's reporting on this now, and a lot of times some one person will break a story. And we're fortunate to have Vinny Bonsignor working in our building. Vinny's really good at what he does. He, he's excellent at covering the team in a rational level. I'm not. I'm pro Raiders to the point where I want to see him win. I'm not a journalist. I'm a radio talk show host. But when you see a lot of guys on NFL Network saying that Josh Jacobs was outside the building in the car with Max Crosby and they were that close, he believed he was that close. He believed that he needed to be in the parking lot. He believed that they were close to doing it, probably from his agent. Josh Jacobs isn't in the meetings. It's his agent doing this, and they couldn't get it done. So now the conversation moves forward, which we like to do, on the ability to see is a framework set at 25 years old for him to have another good year and for him to be rewarded with a contract. You'd like to hope so, but then why didn't he get a contract this year? Part of me, my gut says, I don't care how close you were if you didn't get a deal done. But in this scenario, I'm pretty close in the organization, and I like to see people do great things. I want to see Dave Ziegler have great contract negotiations. I want to see players like Max Crosby, who got an extension, and Josh Jacobs, who was close, get one again down the road. So how are we going to navigate through this time is really the point of the monologue today. Life moves on. We're going to have to move on on this. And I think that Josh Jacobs will be a topic when we're involved in the preseason broadcast and we're talking about this, and I'll be able to go to Eric Allen or Lincoln Kennedy or someone else and say, what do you think? When do you think we're going to see Josh Jacobs? Can we see him earlier than expected? I doubt it. Uh, are we going to see him at the very end of training camp? I would doubt that. I would think it would be a week maybe before. Would it be a nice surprise if he showed up early? See, the thing about Josh Jacobs is he's in tremendous shape. Okay, he's not a defensive tackle with a big gut who might be out of shape and doesn't get any cardio in and then starts working out with a personal trainer during camp and runs some wind sprints, but there's no head coach there. There's no positional coach, so when he's tired of running wind sprints, he tells his personal trainer who he's paying out of pocket, I'm done. Give me the water, I'm done. There's nothing close to being in football shape from being at a football training camp. This is professional football. These coaches know how to get in shape. So we got to hope that Josh Jacobs is going to stay in tremendous shape and, get a, and be able to hit the ground running on the road in Denver and on the road in Buffalo, which is what I've been pointing out 
this year is such a priority with those road games out of the gate before the Pittsburgh game at home. I think he's going to do the right thing. As someone told me in the building, they expect him to handle this like a pro, and hopefully he does that. But what is Josh Jacobs saying in regards to all this on Twitter? And I looked today because I just wanted to make sure when I got up this morning that I didn't miss anything. And some of the tweets of Josh Jacobs along the way, I don't know if he's upset. I think he's discouraged at this point in time. Uh, The tweets that we've seen in the last 24 hours, he retweeted Dez Bryant, who's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Dez Bryant put together a graphic and said, can someone please explain this? And it has the average running back salary in 2023 at $1.81 million. And the average annual salary for an NFL kicker at $2.26 million. Well, there's one kicker on every team. There's a whole bunch of running backs. What, the Raiders have five last year? So if you took the average price of Josh Jacobs all the way down to the other running backs who barely ever got on the field, that drives the number down. But Josh retweeted that which means he realizes that he should be ba- the position should get more than a kicker. I would agree with him on this. He also retweeted Jonathan Taylor, which was a really important tweet because Jonathan Taylor is one of the best backs in the league, and he is making close to nothing on his rookie contract. And Jonathan Taylor tweeted, one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, number three, you boost the organization and then – Dot, 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 it doesn't matter. You're a running back. So basically he's saying we could do everything for our organization. We help an organization and we'll be forgotten. And Josh retweeted that. Najee Harris tweeted, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion that we deserve less, and you could tell he's really aggravated with that. That was retweeted by Josh Jacobs. So with all of these retweets, Josh, you know, is at a point where he's reading, he's listening. Remember, there is a running back thread. Mike Florio reported that on Pro Football Talk. I'm in a thread with a bunch of different guys. I got my Buffalo guys I'm in a thread with. I got my San Diego guys I'm in a thread with. I got my family, my dad, my cousins on a thread. Yeah. Pro football running backs are in a text thread. And Josh Jacobs is really not happy about this. So how are we going to handle this with Josh? I don't think he listens to a lot of sports radio. I doubt it. Uh, Does he read the paper? It probably reads Twitter. He's a young guy, probably looks at a lot of social media from time to time. And will this get him enraged or will this go away? And that's what I wanted to say here is that normally things go away. When I got into this business, over 27 years ago, there was no internet. There was no social media. There was nothing. There was nothing. Got into the business in 1996. There was nothing. So no matter what happened, I thought it was the biggest thing in the world. I thought, oh my God, if I don't get this job, if I don't do this, if I don't get this promotion, who the hell was going to know? There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no nothing. It was in my mind. In my mind, I thought everybody was paying attention. Everybody cared. Everybody knew what radio station I was going to be on or not. No one knew anything. No one cared. I cared, and that's part of the paranoia of being in business or wanting to be more successful in life, that you believe that everybody cares. Then the Internet comes and social media comes, and we look at everything, and if you screw up, 
if you screw up with your job and your personal life, you get a DUI, whatever happens, people know. Because it gets out on social media, it gets out there quickly, and people who are never going to know about that know because it's right in the palm of their hand on their phone. But since COVID, everything's changed, at least in my world. I don't know about yours, especially my world in sports media. Everybody cares for about 24 hours. You know, they just had a big purge at ESPN. A lot of radio talent got let go. And I know a lot of those guys and gals. Not the gals, I don't know a lot of them, but I know a lot of the guys who were there. And I reached out to a few of them after a day or two to just say, hey, you're going to go on and do great things. Next step is going to be always bigger. You don't know what it's going to be. It's right there. You're going to walk through that door. And then a week later, you forget about it. You move on in your life because you got bills to pay. You got things you got to do. You want to go on a vacation. You want to put gasoline in your car. You want to buy a new car. You got kids in college or not. So everything that's magnified for moments goes away quickly because people have to get on with their lives. And in sports, sometimes things drag on a little bit longer. And when it comes to Josh Jacobs, you could tell that this was a really good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday topic. And then it's going to slow down and disappear until he shows up again. So it's going to be something that we're going to talk about because we're in the bubble on the Raider flagship. So every day I'm, I'm planning on at least thinking about Josh Jacobs and mentioning him. We're going to do it on the preseason broadcast. We're going to do it on podcast. But then he's just going to walk through the door and show up, hopefully. And when he does, we'll have something to talk about with him. But going forward, when we look at Zamir White and the running back depth room and how many extra reps they're going to get, that's kind of a positive for those players, not for Josh Jacobs. But those guys aren't going to take Josh Jacobs' job. They're going to take a few more reps this year because I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to pound the rock 325-plus times this year because Josh McDaniels has got to get the younger back going and Zeus, and hopefully there's going to be more of an effective passing game in the red zone where Josh got a lot of carries because Garoppolo, and I'll get to Jimmy in a second, the offense is going to be more efficient in the red zone and not lean on the running back as much. And we're going to move on in life. And Josh Jacobs is going to play on the franchise tag. And we had a couple of callers yesterday that said, pay the man. We can't. The franchise tag is all he can play on now. The opportunity to negotiate a contract extension expired. It's over. It's over. Expired. Can't do it until the end of the year. So we have to believe one of two things. That Josh Jacobs is going to come in and have another standout, breakout, big year. And the Raiders are going to reward him with a contract extension. Or a lot of used guys, as they say in Goodfellas, used guys are going to all say, no matter what Josh does, he's going to be another year older and the Raiders will move on next year. Those are really our two options. Because Josh Jacobs is never going to play for the Raiders after this upcoming year if he doesn't get a contract that he wants. He's not going to settle with the Raiders, in my opinion, and play this year on the franchise tag and then go, yeah, I'm good. Let's do it again, or I'll play for subpar money. He'll go play somewhere else for that type of deal. I don't think he'll end up doing it here. So there's going to have to be some type of negotiation to keep him here, and the only way he's going to be able to negotiate that is if he plays well again. So who has the upper hand on this? Obviously, Raiders management. They have the upper hand. They evaluate talent. They have another young running back in the waiting who's really good. I mean, Zamir White played at Georgia. Josh Jacobs played at Alabama. They're the same guy. They're the same guy in regards to where they were 
drafted. Josh was a first-round pick coming off the Khalil Mack trade, so you could say more valuable there. But guys who performed in the SEC at a very high level. So this is complicated, and I don't think it's going to go away, but it's going to go away when it comes to the NFL reporting because now teams are reporting to training camp. Unfortunately, there's going to be an injury at training camp. Unfortunately, there's going to be, you know, a bunch of things that's going on. So with all of this, all of this happening, where do you stand on this? Do you want this to go away? Do you want to hammer away at this topic? Do you want to jump in again? Because I've only heard from a few people on this topic. And the next big topic that rolls on to Sean Reed wrote a really good column today. We use a lot of those columns for content. Vinny Bonsignor's cover story to Sean Reed, Vic Tafer. And now we got to move on to Jimmy Garoppolo passing this physical. And Jimmy Garoppolo was just at Nellis Air Force. I saw him as I emceed the alumni dinner. I saw him at the hockey game where we were able to talk. He was there at game five when we won the cup. So I've seen him walking around in sneakers, you know, smiling and taking pictures. And I think he's okay, but I don't know. I'm not a trainer. I don't know what's going to happen on the physical. I don't know what's going to happen if they give him an x-ray. I have no idea. But I'm hoping the next topic goes away quietly. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo passing his physical and ready for training camp. He doesn't have to play in training camp. Don't need to see him run out with the red jersey day one and get out there and do that. I don't have to see any of that. All we have to know is that he's available to play because he healed properly and he's going to be good to go. That's it. If that happens, it's go time. Josh Jacobs is going to come back and he's going to be available because he's not going to pull a Le'Veon Bell, right? He's not going to pull a Le'Veon Bell and give up $10 million. Remember the story that's supposed to develop some Disney movie I heard about Josh Jacobs sleeping in his car, sleeping in his car in college or high school and all, the, all these difficult things that he had to maneuver through, all great, built up his character. I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to walk away from $10 million. As the great philosopher Randy Moss once said, straight cash homie. He's not going to walk away from that $10 million. Le'Veon Bell did, and it's a dope for doing it. And now everyone's using that as the example of what not to do. So we, I'm expecting Josh back. I'm expecting Jimmy G healthy. I'm expecting Tyree Wilson had a lot of time. He was drafted with a foot injury that the Raiders were aware about, and that Raiders walked him through that, and he got everything corrected. He's good, I'm hoping. Max Crosby seems ready to go. Chandler Jones is going to be an animal because everybody doubted him. He's going to play better. Uh, We got this new kid, Michael Mayer, who didn't play a lot at the OTAs, right? Wasn't out there. Hopefully he's good to go. Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro hasn't been traded. Oh, will Hunter be traded? That shows up in everybody's mailbag. And then all this, you know, Peters coming potentially. Who's going to come to the Raiders? Is there going to be one or two players coming through in training camp that are going to be new Raiders here? That's the potential. I think there is potential for one to two players. Remember, I've always told you I'd like to see an offensive lineman come through the door. Love to see an offensive lineman come through the door. I'd love to see a new linebacker like a Denzel Perryman, someone who gets cut in training camp because there is a glut of linebackers on a team and they let them go, and the Raiders are able to do that. And is there a cornerback? Yeah. I think there's going to be a cornerback coming in hopefully next week. A lot of people are predicting that. So I think there's a lot to be optimistic for. But as of today, no Josh Jacobs for the foreseeable future. 
and we're waiting on Jimmy Garoppolo's physical. Yeah, people should be concerned. I'm not alarmed. Are you alarmed? I'm the talk show host. I graciously thank you for listening. I have nothing without you, nothing, unless you react, tweet, and call. I got nothing, just me talking for two hours. That'd be a podcast. I can do that at home. But I need to know where your sense of urgency is now as we're a week out from camp. And we're going to have a practice this day next week. And where are you on your Richter scale in cause for concern? Josh Jacobs' topic is going to be around the Raiders but go away nationally until he shows up. Jimmy Garoppolo's health is on deck. And I'm hoping for the best there. That's the monologue brought to you by Resorts World. Head on out to Resorts World. Have a great time there. Doghouse Saloon is the place to go. You park, you come out of the elevator, boom, it's right there. Next to the theater where Carrie Underwood performs. All those Katy Perry performed there. What a great theater. One of the best in the world. And right next to it is Doghouse Saloon where they have the gorgeous, it's fantastic, sports book there. I like sports books that are in sports bars and don't clog up the middle of the casino. They did it right over at Resorts World. All right, when we come back, let's line up some safety talk. You got Tatum. You know, you got Van McElroy. You have George Atkinson. You love Eric Turner back in the day. Where do you slot Rod Woodson? Give me some of the safeties. Stuart Swigert. Stuart's not an all-time player, but a great guy. Played well for the Raiders. I'm going to mention him because I see him at a lot of events. Who do you got as a Raiders safety? I need your four starters and your four reserves as we kick it off here Wednesday, JT, right here on Raider Nation Radio. Reggie Nelson, Raiders, L.A. Raiders, 80 to 82, was a pro bowler and a Super Bowl champion. When you look at the guys who played for this team at the safety position, a Burgess Owens, Burgess Owens, the Super Bowl 15 champion, uh, the congressman at the time, another guy I'm going to add to this list, uh, Reggie Nelson, you just heard from there, two-time pro bowler, uh, played at a high level with Cincinnati, but was a pro bowler. With the Raiders, Raiders 2016 to 2018. So I'm just finishing up the tweet on our all-time safeties. So I'm about to put it out. And again, I put Charles Woodson at corner. And I put Dave Grayson, who obviously was a safety but came into the league as a corner. And a couple of the, one a gold jacket and another legend said, put him at corner. He was a better corner. I didn't see him play, but that's what they told me. And Ronnie Lott and Rod Woodson... This is where I'm struggling. I'm putting Ronnie Lott and Rod Woodson on the all-time Raiders team at safety, but I'm not putting them as starters. Now, you might say I'm nuts because they're the two greatest safeties of all time. Of all time. It's Ronnie Lott 1, Rod Woodson 1A. It's Rod Woodson 1, Ronnie Lott 1A. All due respect to the other guys, but they didn't play along with the Raiders. They didn't. So I had to go with the guys who played most of their career with the silver and black. Uh, Rod Woodson, listen to this, with the Raiders, 10 interceptions, two touchdowns, 
133 tackles in 26 games. Ronnie Lott, nine interceptions, one sack, 193 tackles in 32 games. I can't leave them off the list. Rod and Ronnie played 26 and 32 games respectfully. Now, if they played a year with the team, I, I, I'd probably leave them out. But here's what I got now. My starters are Jack Tatum, George Atkinson, Van McElroy, Mike Davis. Those are my four. The next on that list is Ronnie Lott, Rod Woodson, Burgess Owens, and I think I'm going Eddie Anderson, who played at a high level for the Raiders too. Uh, honorable mentions, Eric Turner. You know, and then the other big one that, again, Dave Grayson played safety and Charles Woodson played safety. But I didn't include Khalil Mack at linebacker and down lineman. I put him at linebacker. I put Charles at corner. So I'm not going to put Charles in the list twice. I could, but I don't think it's fair to Van McElroy. I don't think it's fair to Mike Davis to put Charles in twice. So, you know, help me out before I send out this tweet if you want to clear up that second group here on the Raiders all-time team. But I'm pretty firm on the first four. Tatum, Atkinson, McElroy, and Davis. I think when you look at Super Bowl rings and impact as Raiders safeties, they are on the top of the list. In regards to Josh Jacobs, as I said in the monologue, I did three hours again on this today with Dusty Dvorak, a former NFL player. Saquon Barkley's now dropping F-bombs. He's dropping F-bombs on a podcast because him and the Giants don't seem to be as friendly as Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. I don't see Josh dropping a lot of F-bombs on podcasts yet. So, as I said, I, I, we're not going to move on from this because our next big shows are at Raiders training camp. What do you think we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Josh Jacobs, Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams on a Renfro. So we're going to be talking about this, but the train has left the tracks, everybody. Train's left the track, and Josh Jacobs, fortunately, is still on the team if he wants to be. If he wants to be, all he has to do is come into the building and sign the tag, and he's good for $10 million. Or he can make everybody sweat. Saquon Barkley sounded like he's going to make the Giants sweat. The last guy to do this at the highest level was Emmett Smith. He held out for the first two games of the year. The Cowboys went 0-2. They caved, they paid Emmett, and they won the Super Bowl the same year. Good luck trying to do that again. And good luck thinking you're Emmett Smith, the all-time leading rusher. So I would hope that Josh would be in a good place. One of the other things I think for a topic today as we're going to move on to the kickers. I got two guests next hour. One was Jim Brown, the greatest running backs of all time, his protege, a kid that he helped save. And I've been trying to book this guest for a while since Jim passed away. Jim was very close to me. So he booked this, and the guy got around to it, so I'm going to have him on later. And Vinny Bonsignor, at the top of the hour, Vinny's diving heavy into Josh Jacobs. So I'm open phones this hour on the Raiders' all-time safeties and especially on what you think is going to happen with Josh Jacobs. And another big topic on this is how do you think the media is covering Josh Jacobs? Very important question. You can include local media and take a shot at me. I don't know why you would. I think I'm covering it well. I, I don't know. How do you think the media, mostly nationally, is covering Josh Jacobs? A lot of the media is on vacation. Still the summer. It's still July. But Aaron Rodgers reported to camp today. There's been a couple of NFL moves of, of recent time right here. So there are people moving around a bit, but Josh Jacobs, I think he's getting good treatment because of the fact that 
it's been reported by Tom Pelissero that he was at the building thinking he was close. You didn't hear that from Saquon Barkley. And because the Giants play in the number one media market and they went to the playoffs and they won a playoff game last year, they're getting more coverage, Saquon, than Josh Jacobs. Is that fair or not? 702-365-9200. Thor has a podcast, and he's a member of the Black Hole. As the Black Hole's our proud partner, Thor, what do you think of this Josh Jacobs scenario? What's happening, JT? Right on. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not too worried until it's, I mean until something really bad happens. Something really bad happens. I'm gonna stay positive. I'm staying positive all year. I'm staying positive on Jimmy G and his physical. I think Josh Jacobs is a good kid. I think he's a really hard worker. If you watch the way he runs, he runs through people. I think that's who he is. I think he's a good dude who's going all the way. I feel like he got a little hurt last year because we kind of disrespected him by making him play in preseason when no one else was. You don't pick up the option, but... At the same time, I think after a little bit, he'll understand, hey, it's, it's a business on top of being a game and all that. And I think when it's time, he'll come in and he'll work his tail off. And, and I, I pray he puts up numbers similar. Obviously, he probably won't get the same amount of carries. Hopefully, he won't because that's a huge workload on any one person, right? So, but if he's putting up, 4.95 yards of carry or something like that, and his carries are down and he's getting out, then it'd be great, right? So I think it'll all come together, and until there's real, real reason for me to stress, I'm not going to stress. I'm just not. Well, Thor, you're, you don't stress a lot. That's what I like about you. You're in the black hole. You're disappointed with six wins, but you don't lose your mind and panic and bring negativity to the fan base. But, you know, you have an honest opinion on this, and I think I speak for a lot of people. I'm not worried about this. There's not a guy I think is going to walk away from $10 million and walk away from his brotherhood right. and his teammates, right. but that could change. I mean, that, anything can happen here in the next couple of weeks in regards to agents and players going through highs and lows and all of that. We're aware of that. No, sure. All right, buddy. Good to hear from you. All right. I'll, I'll talk to you later, man. Sounds good. Appreciate the call. Appreciate everybody chiming in here. So, uh, again, Josh Jacobs is a national topic. I expected that, but not at this level nationally. And locally here is with a local flagship, which is nationally because we have a national show on the Raiders mobile app, to talk about Josh. I mean, I could talk about Josh Jacobs for four hours without a commercial. I really can. I don't need to take a breath. I can go balls out on this because I like the player. And I admitted I was wrong last year because I didn't think he was going to play at that level. And I don't think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, they didn't give him a 50-year option, which I supported, supported at the time because they were the new guys and they wanted to see him. They were never in the building with him. They never on the team playing with him. They never watched him work out. They knew he was good, but they were evaluating guys. And if you look at the extensions and the contracts to Waller, Renfro, Chandler Jones, this has not been perfect. And Josh Jacobs I, I talked about this this morning in regards to Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. I would have given him a little bit more money just to them two. Everybody wants to bunch all the running backs. Austin Eckler is the next guy to lose his bleep in mind with the Chargers, and he lives here in Vegas. So Austin Eckler 
lives in Vegas and he wants a meeting with the owners. And I get it. He's upset about it because he knows he's getting nothing now. And the same thing with Jonathan Taylor. So a lot of these guys are a little bit nervous now because of the situation that they're in right now. So as we look at the players who are next, yeah, let's hear from Austin Eckler on this market now going forward because he comes due this upcoming, this next year, but he wants to get paid now. From a player's aspect, we have no control of that. I have no control. So really what who we want answers from is is the ownership. Like, why are you doing this? What's the reason? Like, give us, like, they don't, you aren't interviewing them about it. Like, how many owners have you talked to about this? You know, zero. Um, and so that's who we I would love to. I know. They ain't going to say anything either because for whatever reason, right, they got this thing going on where it's like a new trend. Um, like, oh, let's not pay these guys. I don't know. Maybe they're just testing us. Like, hey, let's see what happens. But, you know, you poke the bear, you know, and, you know, you're going to make us have to do something. Okay, so that's an interesting point. What are these guys going to do next? As of now, as of now, I don't know. As of now, I look at some of the other players here that were really unique guys, really unique guys, and good good players around the league. If you're not elite at any position, what's the purpose of the franchise tag? If you're not elite, you're not going to get franchise tagged. That's why I thought that Pollard, who's going to sign this franchise tag, he's not an elite running back. He's very good. And when I talk about elite, I'm talking about Walter Payton, Tony Dorsett, Earl Campbell, Franco Harris. It was a different era that they played in. Emmett Smith. That's what I think is elite. That's who you're supposed to be franchise tagging. The elite quarterback, the elite running back, the elite wide receiver, the elite left tackle, or the elite edge rusher, like a Max Crosby. They didn't tag Max Crosby. They got a deal done with Max. So as we look at all of this, why are we worried about every running back? We're not worried about every running back. We're we're worried about the top three in the whole league, and one of them's Josh on our team. He's the guy. So if, if a couple of more bucks were able to come from the linebacker room, from the cornerback room, say you just had to move a million five more and you took it from those other rooms, you could easily come up with that money. The reason why no one's coming up with this additional money, because this is the market. This is what you don't have to overpay for. You have a tag. It's a weapon for a GM and an owner. You're able to use it as a weapon so you can get other players. Raiders need more players on defense, right? Last time I looked, the Raiders need more players on defense. So the prudent move for the organization financially at this time was to franchise tag them. But if they would have came up with another million or whatever the number is and moved it around from the offensive line, from a wide receiver, whatever it is, I'm good with that. I know how important he is. I get how important he is. I'll never forget how important he is because he's going to play this year. And hopefully the framework could be in place or very close for him. He's only 25 years old. If he runs again and has a very good year, not elite, not like super elite, then I think next year they'll go right to work on a contract extension for him, and maybe it's a two-year deal. It's probably not going to be three. It might be, but why does it need to if the whole league and every other GM is not going to do three-year deals? You can get younger players, and we have one ready to go in Zeus. I want to see Josh over Zeus all day long. I want to see Zeus in the preseason. I want to see him in games this year, but I know what I got with Josh Jacobs. So it is a little bit complex. Very complex, but I don't feel any animosity. 
I, I sensed it all day today in New York where I was on the radio today, predominantly a New York channel where everybody's freaking out at Saquon Barkley. Uh, Raider 66, always great to hear him as we're building the all-time team. Hey, JT, how you doing today? Great. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm working hard at the airport and trying to stay cool. Um, you're right. It, it, the situation with the running backs is something that uh, they're in a conundrum right now, the NFL. And it's part of it is because of just what you laid out. There are some top-tier running backs that should not be lumped into this situation of, of you know, kind of depressing the, the wages. Mm-hmm. A lot of these teams want to go with uh, the running back by committee. And so you've got two, three guys. So, yeah, if you're paying two, three guys $5 million each, you know, that, that's overpaying that position. But if you got one guy, which is a Josh Jacobs situation, he needs to be in that, that you know, uh, upper stratosphere uh, making money. I'm not talking, you know, $20 million or anything like that, that. Those days are gone. But that's, that's the issue is that Josh Jacobs means so much to this team. He is different and shouldn't be lumped in that situation. I don't know how they fix it. But uh, um, to go along with, uh, with your uh, best all-time team right now, I, I pretty much concur with you. I mean, how are you going to leave off uh, Rod Woodson and, and uh, Lonnie Lott? I mean, that, this is crazy. But I agree with going with the Raiders who made the championships, put the teams together. But we're also doing this, uh, as you said, to try and educate the younger mm-hmm. listeners. Yep. In. And, I like, and I like to take the old guys down memory lane sometimes, too. You've got all four members of the Soul Patrol on these teams between the quarterbacks and the safeties, and mm-hmm. that is very apropos. Listen to these numbers. These guys, the Raiders had defenses that were just ridiculous. The, the four guys, Willie Brown, uh, Skip Thomas, Tatum, and Atkinson, they played together for basically six years, from 72 to 77. In those six years, the team put together 224 turnovers. Those uh, four guys intercepted 74 passes in those six years. And the defenses allowed less than 16.5 points per game. It is considered, those four guys considered the greatest secondary of all time. Then you forward a couple of years, and you've got Mike Haynes, and you've got Lester Hayes, considered the greatest pair of cornerbacks of all time, Raiders. And then you've got the 1967 uh 11 angry men defense Mm -hmm. that accounted for 67 sacks, a record that still stands today of yards lost on those sacks of 665 yards. And that team had 45 turnovers, including 30 interceptions. Now people like to poo poo that because they go, Oh, it was the AFL, you know, watered down league. Well, of those 30 interceptions, JT, 18 of them came against guys named Len Dawson, Joe Namath, Bob Greasy, and John Hadle. Wow. Three of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. The one other one is just outside the Hall of Fame. That's 18 interceptions in seven games that they played. So you're talking a very quality team. And you're also, and hold on, hold on. And you're also yeah. Roger Bird. Oh, yeah. Uh, Roger yeah. Bird, who I just added into my list. Again, this isn't perfect. As I put this list in and then if I got to make a change or there's something that I, I'm still tweaking, I put him there. Uh, 11 Angry Men, 1967 as a champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that team was just absolute. I mean, you got fourteen and a half sacks from a defensive tackle. That's just, that's just ludicrous. But uh, you know, I, I just so mm. appreciate this this thing because I love you know uh, extolling the virtues of Same the here. Raider history. And anytime, JT, you need a co-host to give you Raider content, you can call me anytime. Uh, you're you're fantastic, Raider sixty six. I put him on the Mount Rushmore of Raider knowledgeable fans gaining traction 
Uh, Raider Mort. Raider Mort is at the top. Raider Mort is an encyclopedia of Raider knowledge. Talk to Raider Mort almost every day. He was at my wedding. I'm running this list by him. Running the list by some of the guys who are on these lists. Just sending out a text. Who do you think? I'm between these two guys. They get it back to me. I'm keeping all those gentlemen off the air. No need to bring that up. This is not brain surgery. We're not coming up with a cure for cancer. We're just having a radio summertime promotion on the Raiders' all-time team. Uh, This comes in from Memento Mori. He tweets in JT, If the Raiders are looking to build the team for the long haul, the decision they made with Josh Jacobs is the right one. What I don't get is that Jacobs just had his best year, and Adams his second best year under Josh McDaniel's playbook. Why hasn't this been considered? Look, Josh McDaniel's, has arguably the greatest playbook in NFL history. He's got to execute the playbook as the head coach. That's why Carr is out, Jimmy G's in. That's why Michael Mayer is here, Waller's out. There's a lot of things happening. They deconstructed a roster, hopefully, to enhance Josh McDaniels to call better plays. I got to interview him every week, the head coach. I want to interview him after a win when they put up 39 points. And everybody's just clicking. Last year it wasn't clicking. And I was surprised by it. Derek Carr is a pretty good player. Waller and Renfro were not available last year. It changed the ability for the offense to be explosive. Josh Jacobs was explosive. Devontae Adams was explosive. It's about it. Because you didn't have the elite players. Now we, I believe, I'm not going to say better. Because if, if Carr and Garoppolo are a wash, or Carr is a little bit better than Garoppolo, but Garoppolo is better in the red zone, and we call it a wash, and Waller was really good, but he wasn't available, and Mayer's better in the blocking game. I want to see what Jacoby Myers can do with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro playing there, and then this Tucker kid who looks like the next coming of, and I'm not saying he's going to be this guy. Not going to say he's going to be Tyreek Hill. He's too good. But a guy who was as good as Ruggs. I don't talk about Ruggs' personal life. We know, we know what's happening there. Ruggs was a hell of a player developing into a massive weapon in this league. If they can get Tucker to be a, a guy who can just take off, take off and bring a safety with him, then this thing's going to rock. Then this thing has an opportunity to move. So uh, we'll do that. When we come back, we'll get your calls. I'm not going to lose you here. Stay with me, 702-365-9200, the DeCastaverde Law Group. A lot of cones out there today. How to get here quickly, man. What's going on with Flamingo, Bobby? I'm seeing cones again. When there are cones on the road, people get in accidents. They want to go around the cone. They stop short. Accidents happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen to you. If it does, the DeCastaverde Law Group, 702-222-9999. Let's keep it going here. All-time safeties list is next. professional football team, you know, and each one of them, except for Bub, Matt Millen, he didn't drink, but every one of them had a mixed drink sitting in their lounge chairs while everybody else was stretching. That's what they did the first day of training camp. And guys, I can tell you, I'll go on and on and on about stories about these guys, but it was, it was just the funnest time on the planet just to be out there with these guys. I mean, it really was. The way we played... You could do anything. We would sit on our helmets. That was one of the, the rules, man. You can sit on the helmet, have two footballs. I mean, you would try to sit there and 
balance two footballs on that helmet so you could sit up. You could do that, all of that stuff, as long as what? Just win, baby. Just win, and that's what we did. Van McElroy, great guy. Once a Raider, always a Raider. All-time Raiders safeties. If you want to play along, it's up there, at JT the Brick. Please give us a follow on Twitter. Jack Tatum, George Atkinson, Van McElroy, Mike Davis, the four. Reserves are Rod Woodson, Ronnie Lott, Eddie Anderson, Burgess Owens. Honorable mentions, Eric Turner. Dave Grayson, I put in the cornerback con- category. A lot of people have him in safety. Uh, one Hall of Famer told me he was a better corner than safety. Charles Woodson, 2.0. I put him as an honorable mention. Charles was a great safety but we used him as cornerback. And then um, Roger Bird, the AFL champion in 1967. So, again, this is not a perfect science. It wasn't meant to be. Uh, this is not going to be perfect, but it gets us talking. Guess what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is the greatest kickers and punters of all time. I need three kickers and three punters. Pause for a second. Who's your third? Who's your third? And do you want to get anybody else in the honorable mention? You got George Blanda. You got Sebastian Janikowski. You got Daniel Carlson, statistically, all time. When you look at him, you look at all the great kickers, Chris Barr, and what he was able to do to win. And Super Bowls matter. Kicking in the playoffs in the Super Bowls matter. Punter, two of my all-time favorite people that I got to meet. I knew Ray Guy, but not well, but met him multiple times. Shane Leckler is going to go to the Hall of Fame, and I will be there for that. I hope I'm there for that because he was incredible. And they've had some pretty good punters. You know, A.J. Cole's a really good punter. Do I put him on the all-time list? No, but he's in the conversation. These are conversations we're having. So kickers and punters tomorrow, one day only, one day, like a clearance sale. No, one day. We got to move, man. We got we to get to other positions uh, so we're wrapping up the defense today. Nick in Long Island, where I'll be in New Long Island next week. Next week I'll be there. Hello, Nick. JT, what's up, man? Next week I'll be in Vegas, so I guess we're trading spots for, yes. for the weekend. <laughs> um, just calling up because I, I I remember this narrative being pushed last year, and I just heard you say it. So I had to call up about how they wanted to be in the building with Josh, see what kind of play he was, and then they were going to decide. But that logic kind of goes out the window when they extended Renfro. They extended Waller, and they extended Derek Carr before seeing any of those things. And also, there's this other narrative being pushed that Josh Jacobs just had one good year, and it was last year that's unequivocally false. His first three years as a Raider, he has the most rushing yards in history by a Raider, more than Marcus Allen. He had 2,892 yards in 41 games, opposed to Marcus Allen having 2,879 in 41 games. Marcus Allen's a first ballot Hall of Famer, an all-time Raider, Josh Jacobs has 40 touchdowns after four seasons in the league. He's got 1,000 total yards every year in the league after four seasons. Just come out and say you don't want to pay running backs. It just sends a bad message, though, when you come out here and you say you've got to buy in, show up, play, and then you have a guy who does that at the highest level, and then you just say, oh, well, we meant everyone besides running backs because we just don't value the position. It, just, it, 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 leaves a, it, it probably leaves a sour taste. And a lot of the guys' mouths that are getting drafted, whether they're being told to buy in, to do things the way that you asked to do it, and then to not be rewarded for it. That's all, you know, I understand they offered him. He's going to make $10 million this year. He's going to get another contract up next year. I, I, listen, I get it. Good for him. He's going to make a lot of money this year. But it just it, it stinks a little bit to see it 
Yeah, it does. Nancy, you're, you know. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Look, again, it's a devalued position. Slot receiver, wide receiver, defensive end is not a devalued position. I wish it wasn't the case. I'm a big running back guy. Huge running back guy. Grew up in the era, the greatest era ever of running backs. I would have loved to have seen Josh come to terms. If it was that close, I wish he and his agent would have agreed to sign the deal and we wouldn't have had to discuss this going forward, but they chose not to. And it's unfortunate to him. But God, is he a hell of a player. I only have great things to say about him, and I won't get in front or anywhere near his money.